Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business. By identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Antonio Shidiak, co-founder and COO of PilotPile, Mina's next-gen digital freight forwarder, helping businesses move cargo across borders fast and headache-free. That means no more wasted time, fragmented communications, but rather easy, reliable, transparent, and affordable shipping. They aim to make shipping as quick and easy as booking a flight. You can find Antonio on LinkedIn at Antonio Shidiak, which is A-N-T-O, N-I-O-C-H-I-D-I-A-C and PalletPal, which is P-A-L-L-E-T-P-A-L. I would like to thank Antonio for being part of this podcast and without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, Antonio. Hello, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for <laughs> having me. It's all mine. Thank you for being here. So to start with, I want to say that PalletPal got four founders, correct? Correct. And you also manage to get the VC funding. Congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so the reason I'm mentioning these two is I want to say what would be, let's say, three books or the information that you guys or you would consume that you would recommend others to consume as well, such as books, channels, or shows? That's a, that's a great question. I think the, the, the first book that I'm thinking of is um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. It's a really fantastic study of both the data and stories by Malcolm Gladwell by exploring um, certain outliers in data, individuals, businesses, stories that happened that shouldn't have gone the way they went. He explores what makes certain people unique and what makes them succeed. I um, thought that was a fascinating study of, um, of different people in life, uh, different organizations, and, and what led to their successes. Interesting. Yeah, another one I guess I can think of is I, I really love this podcast called Unreasonable. Hmm. It's a podcast started by uh, two or three guys based out of Singapore. And what they do in every episode is they discuss a topic, something that would be considered unreasonable. So say, for example, uh, they'd ask like very random questions like, is Amazon getting too big unreasonable or no? And then they would dive in and just explore very simple questions that you may ask yourself every day or you may be thinking in the back of your mind. And they would like deep dive in a funny but engaging and intelligent intellectual way as well. So I really like that one. I guess the third that I would probably recommend in here, um, this, uh, this may be an unusual one, but, uh, but I would definitely put Harry Potter in there as a book. Okay. I think... Um, there's, there's beauty in fantasy and imagination because it allows you to really look beyond the boundaries that we have 
in our lives and start to imagine the possibility. There's also a beautiful human element to those books that I think is highly underrated or underappreciated by some. And that's why I would probably include that in there. <laughs> it's an unpopular okay. choice maybe for, <laughs> for this kind of setting, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I don't think, uh, you're not the only one who mentioned Harry really? Potter, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> All right, and who is considered successful to you and why? It's a, that's, that's, that's a very challenging question because I, I've struggled, I guess my definition of success constantly changes. True. Right, okay. so I, it's difficult to pin down what success is. I would, I guess there, there are, two visions of it. Um, there are successful people that have achieved things beyond the expectation of anyone, but they knew from the beginning they were going to achieve it, right? People who have really completely redefined what barriers to entry are and how to break through and really create a level of change that no one foresaw beforehand. Think in, in, in entrepreneurship, you think the likes of Elon Musk, who, who is really someone who's done that. In music, uh, you could probably, you know, think of, I don't know, someone like Kanye West, for example. Is, it's a, this is the second time Kanye West gets up into this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but then I, I think there's a more, there's a more humble, humbling description of what success is. I, I'd love to, I always look up to, to my parents and what they've achieved. I mm. think they are very successful people in their own way have written a beautiful story and made their mark, right? In the way they came from very little, they were able to establish themselves. Um, they raised my sister and I, uh, they instilled very strong values and also allowed us, provided us with the opportunity to go out there and be our own people and develop our own opinions and, and, and build from that as well. So it's two different views, but I think they're equally important in a way. Well said. What is an advice you remind yourself with and why? Nothing was ever built in a day. People will tell you, oh, there are things that have been built in a day. But realistically, I think even then, you don't just come up with an idea and you build it and you solve it. And if you do, then your ultimate goal should be far beyond that. You have to always think long-term. You know, being, being a part of a startup has been a very humbling experience in that you create or ideate or build this framework or the solution that you really think is going to change the way things happen. But it doesn't immediately click, right? It takes a little bit of time for it to get where you want it to be. And I feel that I, having gone through this on a day-to-day -day basis as part of, of Palapal, uh, which has been a tremendous experience, I've really started to value the, draw, the drawbacks or, or the barriers that we face or the challenges that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. They used to frustrate me. I think now I enjoy them more because I understand that they will push us towards achieving the greater vision. So now you're taking the challenges as a source of a motivation to keep you going. Yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, you guys or Palette Pal is in, into the logistics in a way. Yeah? Correct. And you guys are four founders. Correct. And you also are, let's say, I think in pre-seed stage, correct if I'm wrong. Yeah, correct. Yes? We raised a small pre-seed round from an investor in the US. Okay, so these are challenges on their own. 
I mean, collectively they help, but then being in four founders is not easy. Correct. Like you have to connect and you have to have those things. And then you guys went into logistics, which is unappealing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> to say. <laughs> so I would say what helped you identify your purpose to which you guys have become four founders and then pushed through getting, let's say, raising around, right? Yeah, I think it was really the, the drive towards, towards building something that was useful. Okay. One of the founders initially identified a problem in the logistics space mm-hmm. that we started to explore deeper and deeper and we realized the entire industry is a dinosaur. It hasn't evolved for a very long time. Hmm. It's bound to be disrupted. It's bound to be transformed into something that modern companies and modern consumers, because at the end, they are the ones that will benefit from this. If you go down the value chain, right? We'll be looking for something far more evolved, far more integrated in terms of technology, in terms of data, in terms of transparency. And it was really talking to customers that convinced us that we had something going. Everyone we spoke to told us moving cargo is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And if you think about it, this was in the very, very early days of COVID, right? Mid-2020. If you look at 2021 and what's happening now, the supply chain ecosystem is in far worse a crisis today than it was a year and a half ago. So we identified a problem that was persistent from before the pandemic. Imagine now how big of an issue this is. And that's what motivated us. It was the challenge of solving something that had not been solved before, especially in this region. We are all from the region. So we 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 wanted to do something for for our people, for our, our, our businesses, right? The success of companies here is the success of the region. Hmm. So that's the way we looked at it. And that's what motivated us. So the, the motivation is not based on, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not based on something that you're passionate about, you love, but it's rather than delivering something that is bigger and would serve, let's say, the people involved. I think um, so. there's two, two, two things to consider here. One, um, there are pros and cons to being four founders. One of the big pros, one of the pros that I appreciate is that we can all contribute in, in a complementary fashion. We're not all the same. We all complement one another's skill sets and one another's interests. I think I've grown to become very passionate about logistics. Okay. But I didn't start that way. Hmm. I started with I a passion to solve it. Grow on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone does. It's, um, it's uh, as you said, you know, on the outside looking in, it's an unappealing business. Hmm. But it was my initial drive on a personal level to solve something that may have been considered uncrackable. That's what motivated me to to be part of the team, to be part of the journey, to drive forward our ideas, to explore and and to start building uh, what is now PaletPal. But then you had other people in the team who were really enamored by logistics. They actually loved it. They wanted to be part of this journey. They wanted to, to do something that they knew needed to be done within the sector, right? Yeah. Okay. If you'll consider the thoughts and self-talk and past experiences, how are these shaping your perception? My my own self-talks or, or yeah. just how are these shaping my perception? Mm. 
I think they make me um, less risk averse. Okay. Because, and, and in a startup, you need that. You need to be, you need to be able to, to take risks, to make a lot of decisions with, without all of the information in front of you. You know, I, I come from a, a management consulting background. So everything was about data analysis and structure and, and putting the numbers in front of you and everything had to be backed by a number. And you try to bring that as much as you can to the strategy behind a startup because it's very valuable, but on the ground in real life, when you're moving things, it doesn't work that way. It's very messy. It's very unclear. So you have to make margin calls, make decisions with, with very minimal information. And I think um, when I understood that, or when I started to accept that nothing is built in a day, I started to realize that the faster I failed at something small, the more likely I was to succeed at something big. Hmm. So I became less risk averse by nature because I would start trying more things to learn from them and build on top of that almost immediately. So that was the, the, the way it changed my perception. And I think it, it did that for all four of us founders one way or another. So the faster you fail, the better it is. Yeah. You have to be quick in failure. Yeah. And uh, with regards to the market analysis or the market research, I remember reading about the founder of Whoop. The, yeah, yeah. The, I think he also said that when he has done the market analysis, yeah. the results were contradictory to what they yeah. have delivered. And similarly to Dyson, you know, Dyson. Yeah, Dyson, the, of course. Yeah. So it is interesting sometimes how <laughs> the yeah. market analysis does not give you an accurate information in some instance. And maybe you should go with your gut in a way, if you really believe in it or if you're passionate enough, or there should there should be something that you should crack. Absolutely. I mean, look, the, the market will inform you of something. You just have to ask them the right question. But sometimes you don't know what question to ask. So just ask any question, any question that seems logical. And maybe it will lead you to the next question. And that next question will lead you closer to the answer that you're looking for. Mm. It's a very iterative process, right? It doesn't work in a straight line. It doesn't work in a hockey stick. It's just, a, you know, <laughs> it's very squiggly. It, it changes. There are ups, there are downs until you eventually reach the momentum you need to start growing towards exponential growth that we're all looking for in a startup. Okay. And what thoughts dominate your mind on life? Would you say life is hard or life is easy? I think um, I think life is life. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's beautiful because it's it's such an incredible experience to be here. It's humbling. You're you're grateful for everything that you have. So I I definitely am not a negative person. However, I am a cynical person, and I think my cynicism is what challenges me. So I would say life is hard. I think life is. Difficult. Beautifully hard. But beautifully so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And here is, uh, since you come from analytic background, you said, and you also mentioned that whoever achieved, right, and they have met the expectations or exceeded these expectations, they believe that they could achieve these expectations or their achievements. So going back to the same questions, with what thoughts do you start the endeavor or a job or a task? It's such a good question. Honestly, it's brilliant. I think I, I, I always start with, with a little bit of doubt, which is um, to look at something and say, how am I going to make this happen? Can I even make this happen? 
yes, I can make this happen. And I'm going to prove to myself that I am going to be able to get somewhere with something. I think uncertainty is, is a very important and underappreciated feeling emotion that we are lucky enough to feel as humans because it's uncertainty that can sometimes drive you to either reach certainty or to accept the uncertainty, but with more information, right? So that's why I like to start a, t a task with how am I going to achieve this? I cannot achieve this, but yes, I can achieve this. And I'm going to prove to myself who said I wasn't going to achieve this, that I will achieve it, right? It's kind of like you become your own worst enemy to defy yourself, to prove yourself wrong. So that's, yeah, that's the approach I would take. All right. Do you have mental practices to prime and equip you for work, financials, or other important areas in your life? This could be, let's say, prayer, visualizations, meditation, to help you in achieving goals. That's great. I don't think I have, a, I have an organized one, but I do, I do like to take, a, to take breaks, right, to kind of clear my mind. Um, I love running. I think um, I'll, go, I'll go running on, on the beach, um, put my headphones in and not think about anything besides my run and the music that I'm, I'm listening to for a good hour, just clear my head. Sometimes when, when it gets overwhelming, I'll even do it without music because I just want to hear the wind or, or the sound of people walking. Less stimulus sometimes can be, um, can be very beneficial for, for mental health, especially in today's world when we're constantly consuming information, right? I'm constantly... Uh, reading things, uh, you know, working on, on optimizing our app with our product team, emails, financials, and then you go home, you watch TV, you're on your phone, you have all these social media applications, so you're constantly consuming information. So it's it's very, your, your mind is always on overload. It's on overdrive. Mm -hmm. so, um, I feel like it's really beneficial and actually quite nice sometimes when you get to disconnect and, and clear your head. What repeated tasks or steps that you intentionally do as a ritual, routine, and method to cultivate productivity and goal manifestation? That's great. I don't think I have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you have either directly or indirectly do it. Mm. It's possible. I mean, there are things that we could do, but it helps us, but we don't really are aware of them in a way. So hence, we are indirectly doing it to boost our productivity, for example, running or disconnecting. It is, it yeah. is in a way helping you to disconnect and remove the overload of the information. Absolutely. It gives you clarity, yeah? No, I agree. I, I think you're, you're, um, you're spot on on that. I think um, sometimes when you're, when you're doing these things, you don't realize them yourselves. Mm. Um, but uh, someone from the outside looking in would probably realize mm. um, those micro behaviors or or those habits more so than you would. So I'm just trying to think like, what is something I constantly do when I want to help myself be more productive? I think, I think, so running is one, obviously, I think we already spoke about that. Another one is reading. I try to read as much as I can. And when I'm really, really busy and I can't read a book, I always like to, to read articles. Sometimes there'll be, you know, things that relate to the business. And oftentimes there'll be things that are completely unrelated. So I have a collection of, old National Geographic magazines mm. from the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So I'll pick up and I'll read an old article. Uh, the other day I was reading one about Saudi Arabia in 1999. Mm. It's 
very, very different landscape, different study, different world that was happening there compared to what you see that's going on today. So it's always, it's always nice to look back in retrospect and say, wow, like this was only 20 years ago. How much has changed, how things have evolved. Uh, these are some of the things I like to do. Okay. Here's, in a way, maybe a follow-up question. Would you have environmental cues to prime you for performance and productivity? Do I have environmental yes. cues that I set for myself? Yes. Yeah. I definitely think when I need to be productive, like fulfilling a task, I like to be in a small room. So, like, let's say I need to build a whole forecasting model or I need to create, you know, some type of, of analysis or, or write a long paper or an application to something. I like to have minimal lighting and just focus on that one task because so the cue is really the lack of stimulus okay so that gets me to focus or narrow down my focus onto the task that i have done okay so you've had you've hit a jack point on that i was going to ask you if you design a place that was your performance so i uh, guess that's the place yeah i guess <laughs> maybe i mean what did you mean by environmental cue like is, no if, i mean like that's you answered like these could be two in one right Right. You could have the queue in that same environment and you can create the design, design a place with queues. What's your queue? You. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it depends. Um, for example, if I need to focus, I would have, let's say, in my hyper-productivity area or right. my ultimate focus, it should be in the morning. Specific hours, no phones, putting it on airplane modes and having a corner with a spacious place ahead of me. And let's say people don't talk to me at that time, <laughs> right? Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. When there are, let's say the more creative side is usually after 12 or 5, where there I could do the more, let's say, creative edits or nice. these things. Yeah, you know, that's actually something that's very common among creative people, I feel. I feel my most productive in the morning, hmm. uh, but I feel like creatives feel their most productive in the evening or in the afternoon. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's something that you you witnessed. But for example, our, our developers, our tech team, our designers, they all like working at night. Okay, yeah. They'll start the day late and just work throughout the evening because mm -hmm. they feel like they can explore. There's more zen, less you know traffic, less people around. Yes, so yes, they, they yes. can, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing, I, I feel. Um, yeah, I do. I do understand that and first, like a person could have both his that's creative zone and his focused zone, yeah. let's say, to, to receive maybe, for me personally, it could be early in the morning. I cannot, let's say, receive a lot of information in the evening. I would rather give more output of these interconnectivity, some sort of things. Right. And where you're the, the, the developers, where, where there are less people involved, late evening or early in the morning, it's like the setting is like less yeah. people around, right? Big time, yeah. So, so they can focus and then they can offer the next, let's say, next gen iPad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyways, what beliefs, habits, behaviors adopted recently improved your life greatly? I think the one, um, the one that comes to mind is one I've already spoken of, but honestly, embracing risk and embracing failure have really changed my full outlook on the things that I do the way that I am as an entrepreneur, as a business professional, but also just in life in general, hmm. because it allows me to be less cautious in terms of what I say. And sometimes that can create a level of 
uncomfort because you're not feeling like you're fully yourself. Whereas when you embrace the ability that, to say that, okay, something you might say may be misunderstood, that's fine. Let it be misunderstood. So you can learn why it's misunderstood mm. and improve yourself and improve how you communicate, how you are as a person. So I guess, uh, I guess that's, that's really the big one. That's interesting. And you kind of answered these questions, but then let's put it down into this question. When challenges, fears, failures hit, what steps are taken if it helps? What questions do you ask yourself? I know you mentioned that, how can I do a certain thing? Right. So let's say, is there other questions when challenges happen? Yeah. I think that the first question, the, the most important thing is understanding why it happened. Okay. Right? The why is everything. Because if you, if you don't understand your past mistakes, you are most likely going to repeat them. Hmm. And then even when you do understand them, you may repeat them again because you think that they only apply to a certain situation or a certain construct. But again, the more you evaluate what you did at a certain point in time, the more likely you are to improve upon that. Um, so, so I think that's, that's a big one. The why is really key here. And I'd like to add that when you say, how can I do it? differs a lot than I cannot do it. Because I cannot do it, it's like, that's the end. But when you say, how can I do it? Or I can't do it, then you start searching for means to reach. It opens up other realms, correct? I'm really glad you asked that question because I feel like that one may be misunderstood by most. But I guess the way I like to put it is, it's a conversation with myself. Yeah. You know, I ask myself, how can I do it? Mm. The first version of myself will answer, you can't do it. The second version of myself will look at that version and say, actually, I can do it. And I'm going to show you how. Hmm. And then? And then I go out and do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and either I prove myself wrong or I prove myself right. But either way, I put in the effort to try my best to achieve that goal. I try not to... It's the same. It's kind of like the, the a lot of people are motivated by what others think of them. right? And I think that's powerful in its own right. My only fear of allowing that to happen is that I'm constantly in search of validation from others. And I don't want to be ever in that, I don't, in that circumstance or in that position because it makes it so much difficult to be your own person when you're always waiting for someone else to validate you. People are going to have different opinions. You're not always going to be validated by people. So I like to pit myself against myself because then I'm the only person that validates whether I've done something right or I've done something wrong. Right. Do you see my point? Like, it's it's one of those things, like... Yeah, I do understand that. Um, yeah, I do get it. I don't have, let's say, the right... <laughs> it's I not mean, everyone has it. Um, no, I mean, I can't really explain it the way you did it, yeah. but I do understand this. So, yeah. in a way, I am digesting this. <laughs> like, you know, for example, when you're, when you're in school, like, say you're still in school and you're, I don't know, you're in the field playing football or something, mm. and then... You know, your friends look at you and like, why are you choosing this guy? This guy, he sucks. He's not good. He's not a, a good player. And you get motivated to prove to them that I'm a good player. I'm going to show you. Right? It's, it's the same logic. It's the same power of I'm going to do something to show you how good I am. But rather than doing it to validate other people, you're just doing it to validate yourself. Yeah. So you're so taking the challenge to take you to that Extra steps, let's say. Continuous improvement is by far my strongest value 
in life. Okay. That's my ultimate goal is to be better tomorrow than I am today, every day. Uh, there's a Japanese saying called Kaizen. Kaizen. Have you heard of Kaizen? Yeah. Which essentially means in some way continuous improvement. Right. And what three concepts, beliefs, and habits should others adopt other than Kaizen? Or it could be Kaizen actually. Kaizen is a good one, but I think there are more important bases to have in the first place. Okay. One is to, um, to be very comfortable in your own shoes. In my opinion, you have to be very happy with yourself constantly, you know, in a, in a state of well-being, right? You know, appreciate yourself, love yourself. Before you can love others, you need that, right? So that's, that's one huge one. Once you get comfortable with yourself, you can start to explore so much more about your own capabilities. The other one is always challenge yourself. And that, that goes back to, to Kaizen, is be better tomorrow than you are today, in whatever way you can. The small things you do in life, how you treat other people, um, how you work, I think that's a great driver. And I guess a third one would be, um, I don't know, keep it light. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna add the Laugh, face failures. <laughs> smile, <laughs> keep it light because otherwise you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get stuck in this in this very constantly profound, deep bubble of life. You know, enjoy the little things. Mm. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think like I go back and think when I was a kid. You know, the things that we used to do, like we had fun with nothing. You know, walking around in the neighborhood, biking. Going to the bakala, you know, buying something. Like that was fun, yeah. you know. And now we're just constantly demanding so much uh, from ourselves to be able to enjoy. There's no need for that. Mm. The little things are, are, are still some of the most beautiful things we get to experience in life. All right. And fans would want to copy your footsteps. Where should they start? Start by finding out what motivates you. Okay. Whether that's an actual industry or field or or you know skill that you would like to explore and take to the next level or whether it's a concept for me challenge constant challenge the never-ending cycle of a challenge of defying it of breaking it down of finding the next best thing and the next best thing after that that's what motivates me for other people it could be you know another construct or it could be an actual industry or a skill set when you find what you really want to enjoy, just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Antonio. This is the end of the podcast. Thank that's you for it? Being here. Yeah, that's it. I could talk for another 30 <laughs> minutes. I, I'll have some questions for you. Can I ask you some questions? Yes. The first one is, um, what is Sagav? Sagav? Mm, Sagav. It's called okay. Successfully Achieved Goals or Visions. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So it's pronounced Sagav. Sagav. I pronounce it Sagav. That's cool. No, no, yeah. it's nicer than the way I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you start this? What made me start this? So, so I wrote a book it's called with, uh, with Dr. Sarah Muhammad. Um, it was Happy Life, Someone's Guide and Habits to Self-Development, in which we looked at different successful individuals in different industries. And we looked at their commonalities and their differences to achieve the same end, right? And this is, in a way, a follow-up in terms of having the practical and the mental habits of different individuals, not those individuals, but different individuals who are in here in the region, basically in the UAE, to find out what are their mental practices and habits. And let's say, what helped them achieve 
the golden results. And it is in a way, if I come to, hey, I want to talk about these things, you say, no, what the hell? But if I tell you, I have a podcast, <laughs> I want to talk about these things, you say, all right, I could do that, you know? That's fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's funny how people are always more motivated when they get the chance to speak about something and be heard versus than when they, when they get to just share their experiences for someone else. Mm. Yeah. But that's very cool. Fascinating. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.